It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of our Talk is Cheap uh, Giants and Jets podcast from NJ Advanced Media, the Star Ledger, and NJ.com. It is uh, Tuesday, November the 28th in the morning here. Uh, the Giants on their bye week, the Jets coming off uh, that ugly Black Friday loss to the Dolphins last week. Daryl Slater here. I'll be joined by Andy Vasquez, our Jets beat reporter, in a moment. Uh, so, a lot to discuss here. Big picture. Uh, in terms of the state of both franchises, uh, and but if you're wondering, uh, the Giants now six in the draft order. They're four and eight. They've won two straight games. Tommy DeVito two and zero the past two weeks with some major help from the Giants defense. Uh, we'll get to all the Wink Martindale drama as well. And uh, so the Giants were second in the draft order, going at two and eight going into the Washington game. They won that game. Other teams around them lost. So the Giants then dropped a fifth. Obviously, a huge game for draft position against the Patriots this past Sunday. The Giants obviously won that game. They are now six, so they drop one spot. Uh, and the draft order right now is the Bears, who have the Panthers picked at one and ten, from the Panthers being one ten. Arizona at two and ten, New England at two and nine, and then a drop off. Uh, so it's going to be hard for the Giants to crack the top three, which means probably no shot at Caleb Williams or Drake May. Um, right now, four, five, and six are all four and eight. Chicago. Washington and the Giants, the Giants losing the tiebreaker there, strength of schedule being the main tiebreaker. Um, Chicago won last night um, on Monday night against the Vikings. And then that's where things get interesting from seven to 10 right now in the draft order. Tampa, the Jets, the Chargers and the Titans, all four and seven from seven to 10. And really, if you look at the strength of schedule, if the Giants are off this week, but if Tampa and the Jets both win or one of them, they'll four and eight obviously you look at that strength of schedule the giants could be all the way down to eighth uh after this weekend jumped by tampa and or the jets uh depending on what happens with the jets falcons and then uh whoever tampa plays we can look that up but jets have lost four in a row giants have won two straight uh obviously we as we said last week the jets are not making the playoffs and shocker tim boyle wasn't uh wasn't a savior for the jets um they haven't done really anything since they got that gifted win over the giants uh, and so, Andy, with that, we bring in. Uh, how's it going, man? Good. I haven't done anything. I mean, they've lost four straight. So now they've set up the possibility for the reverse 2022. They can win six straight and make the playoffs. So I don't know. Robert Sala's 1-11 record after December 1st like, shouldn't deter anybody from thinking that'll happen. So I'm doing <laughs> good. How are you, Daryl? <laughs> oh, man, the Jets' performance lately has been about as cringeworthy as someone paying $140 for a Christmas tree, which <laughs> which is what our good pal 
Connor Hughes did. Uh, of course, he has to let you know that uh, he must live in the Sistine Chapel with the ceilings of his house. He's got to have that 10 to 12 foot Fraser fur, 10 to 11, right? Uh, right. That was, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very so specific. Guess, very specific. So I guess a nine foot tree wouldn't have looked okay. It has to get that extra foot. Um, so, uh, you know, yeah, come on. Right. Uh, $140 for a Christmas tree. Okay. Come on. Like, even if you're getting the Fraser fur, which is the king of the Christmas tree, right? The best tree. Uh, I paid a hundred, I paid $75 at the home Depot down the road. Like what I, I'm, I'm all for giving money to small businesses, but if it's a difference of that much, it's like, I'm sorry. Farmer, farmer Joe, I'm not, I'm not, paying, <laughs> I'm not paying north of a hundred bucks for a tree that's going to be curbside on January the second. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I have, it's a mood point for me. I have a small apartment, so I've got a, I've got a three foot Christmas tree that you know will go to box in, in a few weeks. So that, that's where we're at here. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. It's you know, it must be nice. That's that's all. I, that's all I'm going to say. It must be. It must be nice. Good for Connor, though. It looks. I mean, it looks nice. He did a good job on on the lights on his house. Which yeah, I'm bonus sure. points for doing the lights and not falling off of his house and and yeah, and winding up on IR. So good job there, Clark Griswold. Uh, so now the Giants and Jets. Um, you know, we'll just avoid the Thanksgiving Christmas metaphors as it pertains to how. Poorly or well, they've played lately and the results of that. But um, look, I mean, Tommy DeVito is an interesting story. He's a nice story. He's not a long-term quarterback solution for the Giants. The fact that they won on Saturday was, you know, look, is it ultimately bad for their future? I don't know. I mean, we don't know. Caleb Williams and Drake May could both be busts. The Giants could wind up at number six. They could pick Bo Nix and he could be a Hall of Famer. We don't know. We don't know. But the bottom line is you just have fewer options when you're down lower in the draft, um, and they really have no shot now at a top three pick. Uh, I suppose anything could happen, but that's where they find themselves right now as they prepare, as they hit the bye week, and then they will uh, have the December 11th Monday night game as of right now against the Packers. It looks like, I I don't think that'll get flexed. Um, The Giants play the Packers Monday night, December 11th. The day prior would be Jets um, and Texans, and today on Tuesdays we're talking now would have to be that decision. I know a lot of you guys, obviously that depends on your, your schedule and plans, but I think as of right now, it looks like things will stay as is because the jets have struggled. A little shine has come off of them. The giants have won a couple games. Packers giants is an interesting primetime draw. Um, but first, uh, uh, well, they're going to decide on that flexing or not flexing today. And then the jets will play, uh, what would you think would be a winnable game against the, uh, five and six Falcons. Uh, but look, I mean, like newsflash, Tim Boyle is terrible. Okay. Wow. What a stunner, you know, <laughs> like yeah. what, what do you, what do you make of where things stand with the jets right now and their putrid offense and whatever, maybe ramifications could come from where they're at in terms of a Rogers return and then potential staff changes. Just break it all down for us. Yeah. Well, it's, there's a lot going on. I mean, bottom line, the jets didn't, have a viable backup quarterback on the roster and essentially gave up on their season after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I mean, that's just what it is because, because of the decisions they made, they seem to be content to just run it back again next year. Like it's all going to be okay. That's their only problem. And you see their offense, like their offense would have been functional with Aaron Rodgers, but all this talk about having a top offense, it feels ridiculous now. 
and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Aaron Rodgers is the magic ticket at age 40, even next year. Actually, next week he turns 40 on December 2nd. Maybe he'll come back for two games this year and look great in the, in the quickest known recovery from an Achilles in NFL history. And maybe he'll be great next year and the Jets will be vindicated and right for just running it back another year with a defense, you know, that is going to be older and harder to, you know, get through a season without injury issues. But the fact of the matter is that their issues run deeper than just Rogers. They don't have, and everybody wants to point at the offensive line. The offensive line is definitely a factor, but it's, it's more complicated than that. It's they, they don't seem to have personnel who match their scheme. They don't really seem to have a scheme. I'm not sure exactly what Hackett, what the Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett offense looks like without Aaron Rodgers because it hasn't been successful consistently except for the, those years he was with Rodgers. Um, so again, maybe that's the simple answer is that Hackett and Rodgers together with Hackett, with Rodgers basically doing what he wants in the line of scrimmage is functional and what works. But the fact is, the Jets have been outscored one hundred nine to twenty seven since the Giants game. Wow! Uh, in those four in those four games, and it, it's just bad. And and obviously, the offense gave up seven of those points at the end of the first half. It's just brutal fashion, and and it's really weird to be in a building and know as a play is happening. They're like, oh yeah, this is one of those moments that everyone's going to be talking about every time. For the rest of your life when there's a game on Black Friday, what happened in the first Black Friday game. In a lot of ways, you know, it wasn't as humiliating because as the butt fumble because nobody ran directly into another man's keister. But it was worse because the Jets were still in this game and they had just gotten back-to-back interceptions, including a pick six from their defense, and the stadium was rocking and they make the right call because you want your offense to be aggressive and you have a chance to press the issue and score points. And since 2006, when ESPN began tracking Hail Marys, no team in the NFL had ever returned one for a touchdown. So why not? And then it's, oh, that's why not, because this is what happens to the Jets. And, I mean, it's, that's a simplistic way of saying it. Like, it, it happens to a team that, clearly wasn't prepared to run that player, hadn't thought through what happens on that play if the ball is thrown short of the end zone and it's intercepted. And we saw what happens. Javon Holland runs through the entire offense at that point or defense, whatever you want to call the Jets offense at that point. The longest, I think he ran about 130 yards on the ground, which was the longest any one has run on a single play in the NFL this season for next-gen <laughs> stats. And, and, and there you have it. It's it's a crazy touchdown that I I really think will be replayed at the on the end of the season, highlight reels, low light reels, whatever you want to call it, and will be remembered fondly or not so fondly by Jets fans forever. So it it's but it's perfectly apt and perfectly descriptive of what this team is and and what this team stands for right now. It's they're they're not prepared and you can see it through everything they do. Um, it's a laughing stock and, moment. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just yeah, it's just not it's not good enough. And and the idea that you know it's just every excuse known to man, and they try not to. I guess they they try not to actually say the excuses, but it's clear like they believe that if they didn't have the offensive line injuries, and if they had Rodgers, they would be completely fine. And I d- disagree, and we'll all find out together, I guess. But yeah, it's, it, I don't think it's when you have Garrett Wilson and you have Brees Hall. I don't think 
the fact that they don't, I don't think they've had a touchdown that start a touchdown drive of longer than one play that started in opposing territory since early October. So that's not acceptable. Something is broken and it's not as simple as plugging Aaron Rodgers back in. And the, the question for job security, as I wrap this up is how bad does it get over the next six weeks to do the players actually mutiny? Because short of that, I think the jets are content to, you know, go into next year with as management with the same guys because these are the guys that brought in Rodgers and they're going to hitch their wagon to Rodgers and, and ride it out. So I think it's a, it's definitely an interesting situation. It's probably not a good situation, and it has the potential to get real interesting in the coming weeks because of of the possibility that if the guys in the locker room have done a good job of hiding it, but I think they're getting fed up and and we'll see what the what the breaking point is. And if you weren't watching the game on Friday, if you were out paying $140 for a Christmas tree or putting up your lights. And it was a beautiful Friday in New Jersey. I got a lot of stuff done here. Uh, paying a reasonable price for a tree, putting lights up, all that good stuff, doing yard work on Friday. So I didn't, I, I did not watch a second of the jet game. Uh, later on, I, I went and saw the Hail Mary pick six, of course, the video on Twitter. Um, but if, if you were watching it, if you weren't watching it live, you missed an amazing moment of what happened <laughs> For those who are uh, watching it live, right? So on Amazon or whatever, uh, and you're watching it, just to feel it. So what happened? So that <sighs> end of the half, right? So then, then what happened after that? Well, the end of the half with that play, the Dolphins kicked the extra point. First, they cut to a sideline interview, which amazingly is Robert Sala having to do, you know, halftime interviews, I feel like, even on national games are pretty rare going to halftime where they talk to the coach, but Amazon, obviously it's part of their, it was part of their deal. So it's Salah, which had to be like, Oh my God. And then they go to a commercial and it's Sal- a, a Salah commercial of him, like a ridiculous commercial, like him looking over the play card, like side to side and then like brushing his teeth. I think it was Colgate or something. It was just like, you have to almost feel, feel for the guy. It's so ridiculous. The timing was so ridiculous. Um, Amazing for that for that to happen, that whole sequence of events, it just makes it even more like you can't you can't write this, you can't make this stuff up, and that yet it happens to the Jets uh, all the time, like the, just this season alone when you get the pick six, you know the the, the pick six, and then, and then Rogers on the fourth play of the season, and there's other things I'm forgetting, um, you know the the way they they came back at that Giants game, it's always something. So yeah, that was it was it was ridiculous, and and I think. If it doesn't work out for Robert Sala here, it's it's a sequence that will probably be remembered also for a long time. I will. I mean, the man has a delightful set of chiclets. I mean, they're nice and shiny. So <laughs> I'll give him credit for that. He may be a terrible head coach, but what a, what a what a wonderful smile he has. Um. So look, the the, the Salas Jets lost thirty four to thirteen to the Dolphins week before thirty two to six to the Bills, prior sixteen to twelve to the Raiders. And twenty-seven to six to the Chargers before that. Um, so three just butt whoopings in those in those four losses since the Giant game, and then now coming up Falcons, Texans, Dolphins for the Giant for the Jets rather the next three weeks before the supposed Aaron Rodgers return on Christmas Eve against the Commanders at home. Whatever we'll see. Um, you know this is a normally a winnable game against the Falcons, but we've been through all the reasons why the Jets perhaps probably maybe definitely. Uh, won't win it. Uh, and so as far as the Giants go, look, um, they have played well the last two weeks uh, with a third string quarterback uh, and a defense that is 
done a nice job against two bad teams, quarterbacked by Sam Howell and then Mac Jones slash Bailey Zappi. So you're not getting you know any medals for that uh, from anyone who has any reasonable sense of what's going on. And no, the Giants are not going to make that. If the Giants win out and make the playoffs and nine and eight, I don't. I mean, I guess I'll think of some crazy thing I would do, whatever. But it's just not happening. Okay, so eat your hat. You eat your hat. Yeah, or something like that, right? Um, because uh, the you know they, they still have to play the Eagles once in a game that the Eagles will definitely be trying in, and then another game at the end of the season where the yes, the Eagles might be resting their starters. Um, we'll see whether Tyra Taylor. So the, the Giants coming up the last five games versus Packers at Saints at Eagles versus Rams versus Eagles to close the year. Um, Will Tyrod Taylor be the quarterback coming off the bye? Will he be healthy enough? He's got a ribs injury. Uh, we'll see. Uh, he's eligible to come off IR coming off the bye in week 14 against the Packers. Uh, I just, you know, I don't see how you could bench Tommy DeVito, honestly. Um, they've had, he's played reasonably well. There's some continuity there. Also, even if you're, even if you're like not, to, I mean, obviously the coaches want to win the games, right? So they're going to play whoever, but there's value, I think. And getting a look here at DeVito and seeing if he can be like a backup for you next year. I mean, the guy's not going to be a legit long-term starter in the NFL, but maybe he's made himself some money as a backup in the future. And could that be with the Giants? He's under contract next year. Tyrod Taylor is not. Tyrod Taylor is going to be uh, 35 years old next August. So what, what he doesn't have a future with the Giants. Like what are, what is the point of putting him back out there? Unless of course, you know, Brian Dable wants to win games and that's what coaches do. So I get that part of it. Um, but Dable would not commit to DeVito as the starter, uh, coming out of the bye. We'll see. He didn't commit to anything yesterday. He, he grunted and grumbled and was a grouch and a Grinch throughout his whole press conference yesterday, uh, largely for, you know, a reason we'll get to, but, um, so there the giants are, you know, they've, they've got four wins. They've beaten four and eight. They Washington was four and eight. They beat them twice. Um, they beat Arizona's two and ten once and needed you know the biggest comeback in franchise history to do it. And they beat the Patriots, who are uh, two and nine now. So that's what the Giants have done this year. They're still a bad team. They get a Packer team uh, coming up at home, who is um, sorry, I could I should be uh, having this Packer record. Uh, at hand here, uh, the Packers, of course, five and six, uh, uh, you know, as everyone knows, been paying super close attention to the Packers this year. Um, but, you know, they're trying to find their way with Jordan Love. Um, but as you look at the Giants here, yeah, they're falling in the draft. Is it the end? Is that ultimately something that's going to cripple them? Maybe not. Uh, Joe Shane comes out yesterday in his bi-week press conference says, oh, Jones is Daniel Jones is a starter when he's healthy coming off the tourney. See, of course, he's going to say that Jones is on the team next year. They can't get out of the contract until after next year. But Shane, of course, did not rule about rule out uh, potentially drafting quarterback and doing it with a premium pick. And, and and let's be honest, if you use a second round pick on a quarterback, um, sorry, but like people are going to expect that guy to eventually succeed Daniel Jones. OK, that's just how it works. He doesn't have to be the number two overall pick, um, but that's sort of how things are going going to go, even if Jones is the starter in, in week one next year. But that obviously a long way away. We'll see if the Giants wind up regretting that win. And we're talking, you know, over the Patriots, we're talking about not the players and coaches in the Giants currently, right? These guys, they don't tank, right? The players and coaches don't tank, like, obviously. But you're talking about the broader Giants franchise and their fan base. Will they regret uh, that win? In the more immediate sense, what the win did was kind of um, pour a little ice or whatever the metaphor would be on 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 the pregame report from Jay Glazer from Fox Sports, who has... He, he, he is almost always right, number one, and he knows the Giants very well. 
Uh, he has, you know, he has relationships with people in this market in terms of sources. And so the report comes out before the game that Brian Dable and Wink Martindale's relationship is broken, a lot of tension, they're in a bad place, and that Martindale could be canned even during the season, after the season, or maybe during the season. Um, and so, of course, everything unfolds as you'd expect. Dable kind of squashes it. Um, we have not talked to Wink Martindale since then and won't until the Packer week. Uh, the players back Wink Martindale. And, 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 and then on Monday, yesterday, Brian Dable doesn't rule out that he would fire Wink Martindale during the season. And I think that's more of a function of uh, – and it would be idiotic to fire him during the season, quite frankly um, – I think that's more of a function of Dable just not wanting to answer any questions definitively yesterday. Um, he made a couple of fat jokes or whatever about them eating junk food together uh, for the second time in two days, made the same joke Sunday and Monday. It's like, you come up with better material here, buddy. Um, Almost so, like somebody told them to say that. Yeah. And I mean, and coordinated. They're, feeding, they're clearly feeding these lines to the players. I, I did Dory Jackson defending Wink Martindale and look, the, the the defense has played well the last two weeks. The Giants' defense has played well. They, you cannot fire Wink Martindale uh, after what they've done. I know that the, the, the Patriots and Commanders don't have a good quarterback, but Wink Martindale's defense played well the last two weeks. The week, two weeks before, Cowboys-Raiders, not good. But the three before that, Jets, Commanders, Bills, pretty good. So in five of the last seven games, the defense has kind of found themselves after the Dolphins gashed them up in week five. Yes, the Cowboys crushed him and, and hung 640 yards on him. But and, and yes, Aiden O'Connell ran all over him in the first half, or the Raiders did um, in that game. So, but has has Wink Martindale been perfect as a DC? No, he has not. He has not. Has he lived up to his reputation and and you know perhaps probably what he thinks about himself and how highly he thinks of himself? Uh, quite frankly, no. But um, if you're Dable, offensive minded head coach, you need a strong DC. Uh, and you need someone to basically run that whole side of the, the operation. And going into next year, Dable could find himself on the hot seat. What elite defensive assistant would want to come into that situation? I mean, to me, if even if Dable and Wink Martindale don't get along, it's a devil you know. Like, it's all about finding the best coaches. So if Dable steps back and looks at this objectively, I just don't know how much sense it would make to to fire Wink Martindale after the season, certainly during the season. Um, but you see these relationships sour. I mean, Adam Gase, Greg Williams, right? Uh, a couple of years ago. These things happen. Yeah. Yep, it it does. I'm interested just because how much different is the post-game atmosphere if that kick goes in that should have gone in and and the Patriots win. That's also interesting to me too, and maybe it's a completely different conversation. It's just just like the Jets season is a completely different conversation if Dable lets Tommy DeVito throw the ball in the second half or – Kayvon Thibodeau doesn't get that penalty. The Jets are three and and eight now. Like, so it's just, it's just crazy how quickly or how fickle and how thin the mark. I mean, I hate everyone hates the phrase. It's a game of inches and that that's not even apt here, but the point is like the margins are very thin and it's a completely different conversation. If a kicker makes a kick, he should have made. Yeah. And the game goes to overtime and maybe the giants lose in overtime and that, uh... yeah. I mean, it's been that kind of year for the Patriots and uh, but also, you know, that kind of year for the Giants with Graham Gano missing the kick and Kayvon Thibodeau jumping off sides. You mentioned that. So um, yeah. the, the the swings in the season and you benefit from certain things and you don't benefit from others. Uh, obviously, the Giants got super lucky last year. They benefited from from more than they did not benefit from, I guess, in terms of the turns of fortune and luck. Uh, but obviously, the, the the schedule, their their lackluster roster injuries 
lack of luck, all of that has caught up to them in a, in a big way this year, um, which is why we're sitting here uh, on November the 28th, both of us looking at really the future of these franchises, because as we did last week, where they're not going to be in the playoffs this year, barring a miracle for, for either team. Um, and, and that's why, you know, you look at a game like Sunday and, yeah, it could be costly. If if Caleb Williams or Drake May, either of those guys goes on to become a star, um, and the Daniel Jones entering year six next year, okay? There, let's let's like take a step back and, and understand this. Even if he played out the year this year, okay, and did it in kind of mediocre or whatever fashion, that still would not rule out Joe Shane drafting his own quarterback next year, okay? It's better to get ahead of the curve and draft a quarterback before you need one. Look, Jalen Hurts is a perfect example. And I know he went 53rd. No, he went in round two, uh, but that's a premium pick. Okay. So they still had Carson Wentz on the roster. They made a move and it worked out. The quarterback scouting process is so inexact. I think I went over it last week about how uh, not getting your top one or two choices doesn't know, isn't always the end of the world. Um, Unless you pick Christian Hackenberg. Yeah, but I mean, he was a second round pick. But I mean, even yeah, even Sam Darnold was a bust at number three. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, you take you take swings at the position. It makes sense to take swings. And Joe Shane was like, "Oh yeah, we will. We'll have to address the quarterback because we don't really have a backup." Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Okay, well, that's different than saying like we're going to pick a quarterback high. Some, and he was asked straight up yesterday. Okay, well, well, what about picking a quarterback in the top ten? And he said, we, they're not going to shy away from, it. we won't shy away from, you know, and he didn't say those words exactly. He did say we won't shy away from, uh, but what came after that was, you know, drafting the best player available or at, at any position. Okay. But, you know, so obviously he's not going to rule anything out. It would be crazy. It would be yeah. silly. Um, we don't even know. if he did, it wouldn't preclude him from doing it. It's not, guy's not under oath. You know, he's yeah. not, he doesn't, have, doesn't have his ears hooked up to a car battery. So, um, <laughs> Like that um, Chris Farley sketch on SNL. Remember when he went on the Japanese game show? Amazing. <laughs> it gets the answer Those wrong. Those the days. <laughs> uh, oh, look it up man. if you haven't seen it. Um, so we should do that. Yeah, there should be press conferences like that. Someone tells a lie, they get shocked. Uh, oh, yeah, that would be. I think the ratings would be good. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it on. I'm going to go watch that sketch after this. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, that's, that's sort of where they're at. I just, uh, obviously they have a lot of needs. Their offensive line is stinks. And, uh, and then Joe Shane yesterday wanting to pin, I get it. He's pinning a lot of the offensive line struggles on attrition, but, uh, excuse me, Joe, uh, you drafted the number seven overall pick last year, right tackle guy named Evan Neal. He's been uh terrible. Okay. Like, like <laughs> I know he's been injured, uh, this season. He's missed five games of an ankle injury. We'll see when he, if, and when he comes back, but, when he's played, he's been absolutely atrocious. Um, so that's a problem. Um, you know, they drafted Joe Shane drafted Josh Azudu last year in the third round, has not produced, also has been injured, but that's part of it, you know. So um these two lines obviously both for both teams, as we said last week, uh a lot of work to do, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Jets have theoretically they the line could be a lot better this week with Mackay Becton, Dwayne Brown, and Wes Schweitzer all potentially coming back. So again, I, I I think they have the depth. That's the one thing Joe Douglas has done better is build some depth to where it took. I mean, they they're playing with guys you don't want out there the last couple of weeks, but it took you know injuries to the starters and backups at those positions for them to get to that point. For them to get to you know a 
a sixth string guy basically at, at at right guard. So it has been, you know, some bad luck and and that, but but they have the depth to where they won't be able to use the offensive line as an excuse this week so, uh, again because they they have guys in there who are viable. Um, and the question is for the future because it's hard to see Mackay Becton back here next year. And that means like we talked about, you got to add at least a tackle and, and maybe an interior guy with, you know, Vera Tucker and Joe Tipman and, you know, Lakin Tomlinson in the final year of his contract kind of as your foundation on the interior. So they've certainly got questions there. And Carter Warren has had some okay uh, performances, his first two performances. I mean, he improved in terms of a, pass blocking grade but it's still down there in the 50s according in the low 50s according to pff in, in his first start on sunday or on friday and after getting into the game on the sunday previous in buffalo when when beckton left in the first quarter so i mean they like him and maybe he can develop into something i think max mitchell uh his days it hasn't gone well this year and maybe they'll move him inside I think that's most likely for this week as a potential, unless Schweitzer is is ready to play. We're gonna we'll find out more on Wednesday in terms of all those guys' availability. But I don't think Max Mitchell as a long term option, other than as a backup at tackle, is playing out now that we're well into his second year and we've seen what he can do. So, but yeah, they have questions on the line, and, and more importantly, is what are they going to do in terms of a, of a secondary weapon at receiver? Because Lazard, Alan Lazard, got benched, a healthy scratch, and and that. You know, the two years, $22 million guaranteed on, on that deal is starting to look pretty bad. I mean, after the game the other night, Salah was asked about why he benched Lazard. He said, you know, he was trying to spark him and give him to play to a standard, and he, he hasn't re- played the standard and said something you don't normally hear a coach say, which was he's here for another year and a half. He signed a four-year deal. Um, coaches don't usually openly acknowledge the amount of guaranteed money left on a deal. And it basically said, you know, he did, I don't think it meant to come off this way, but it, was, it did come off this way. Which like we gotta we gotta deal with him for he's we're stuck with him for another year and a half because that's how bad he's been, and it's you know it's hard to believe that you know both Salah and you know we get, I give Salah a lot of you know crap about his record in December and and some of the decisions he's made and 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 some of the things he says, but Joe Douglas's record is just as bad actually potentially worse it's getting to the level where it's almost you know mccagden-esque and that's saying something the only reason he's not really out of a job is that 2022 draft where he drafted you know three really good players four really good players his first four picks so yeah it's the the blame is to go around and there's a lot of work to do and I think the Jets think they're a lot closer than they are. And after saying the first, you know, eight weeks of the season, we're close, we're close. We we have seen the last four, they they weren't close. And another great moment in the locker room the other day was after weeks of the offense saying they're close and not scoring touchdowns, Tyler Conklin was asked by someone if he felt the offense was close and he looked them dead in the eye and said, is that a trick question? Amazing. So, um, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely interesting right now, and and it will be interesting next year too because uh, we'll get to see if Rogers is healthy, what what it looks like, and we may get to see it sooner. Uh, so right now it's the twentieth of November, and 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 we only have a couple of days left in the month, which and 
Roger's 40th birthday is Saturday, um, the 2nd of December. Uh, the Jets are obviously not practicing Saturday. I mean, the thought was, you know, he could return uh, around the 2nd of December to uh, practice. Okay, they're not practicing Saturday. They have a game Sunday. Next week potentially would be the week um, for him to come back to practice. Uh so who who is going to clear this? I mean, is Leo Spachemin from third, the doctor from Thirty Rock, going to clear him? Uh, as Brian Costello, our pal from the New York Post, said, is Doctor Pepper going to clear him? Good line from Brian. Um, what is, is he going to get cleared? Will he be back at practice next week? And that would give him three weeks to practice before this supposed Christmas Eve return. Um, what do you think of all that? And and that's yeah. Like, if he does return, maybe you see a little bit more from someone like Lazard, whatever, whatever. Yeah, there's varying degrees of of this. Like, first of all, that's interesting. Like, because the Jets, you know, thought they were signing a guy who's been ca- catching passes from Aaron Rodgers, and maybe Aaron Rodgers really does make guys around him that much better because of where he can place the ball. He's one of those guys who really is capable of placing the ball uh, exactly where a receiver needs it. So it, that that is an interesting factor in all of this. Like. In terms of Rodgers being cleared, to me, there's there's variations of being cleared. And the fact that we've seen him on the field at MetLife stepping into throws, it, it's not going to mean all that much if he's cleared to practice because he's not cleared for contact. And that's ultimately the only thing that matters. So if he's cleared to practice even this week, it's going to be a huge story. And I'm telling you, it means nothing because he's going to be doing the same thing he was doing on the field at MetLife, just in a practice setting and maybe individual drills or maybe throwing to a receiver who's moving and maybe in a three-step drop. So, I mean, it's a remarkable that he's gotten to this point, but until, you know, he can go out there and defend himself and plant and he has to be able to run and run away from people who are trying to tackle him and be able to accept some sort of load that if somebody does exactly what happened in that game, whereas pull him to the ground and drag his leg um i mean there's and then you go into the fact they're playing the december 24th game on the same turf where players have complained about and where he hurt and where he retweeted or liked to tweet right after he got hurt about you know switching all the fields to grass i mean there's just a bunch of factors here that make you question how all this is going to work but my main thing is is until he's out there running 11 11 on drills which we can't see at this point and until he's having you know, participating fully in a practice, it, it doesn't really matter. And I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, I, I just can't believe that Rodgers or the Jets are going to take this risk, especially with their season over, of putting him out there and and to, to hurt himself again with the idea like, oh, I mean, maybe the idea is he did it so quickly, he rehabbed so quickly, he can do it again and be ready for camp. I think that's absurd. He's 40 years old. It would be a massive setback if he, if he did this, if his injury recurred. So there's so much to lose. It seems like not much to gain unless like they really are that, you know, worried about what other people think that they want to prove going into the offseason that the offense could be functional with Rodgers for a game or two. I mean, I guess you could show that in these last two games in those last four games at some point, but at what potential cost? And uh, there's just so many different factors that, again, I will believe it when I see it. And the fact that he's cleared for practice, I mean, it's a, it's incredible and good for him and nice milestone, but until he's cleared to you know, go back there, run, run around, take hits, avoid hits. It, 
it's a completely different game. It's, it doesn't really mean anything. It's like OTAs versus a real game. It, it's not the same game. Yeah, great points all. And, you know, Jets have a lot of things that happen to them and do a lot of things that don't make sense. So that, uh, you know. It's certainly that, all of it's possible. Everything is possible. Track. That'll say that. That would try and so look, but they're four and seven. They lost four. They lost four straight games. Their season is essentially over. They're not making the playoffs. Coming up, they got versus Falcons versus Texans at Dolphins. They are going to start Tim Boyle in those games, and they are likely going to lose all those games, right? I mean, let's be honest. And so that's four and ten when Rogers supposedly would be coming back for Christmas Eve versus Commanders, uh, and then what at Browns at Patriots at a on a four and ten season with three games left. I just whatever okay fine more more power to him if he if he does um you know to put a little lipstick on the nathaniel hackett pig i guess but um so more media we'll see right so you so you think there's a chance yeah. he cut they'll, the jets practice tomorrow the 29th of november you think yeah. he'd be out there practicing i think they could list him as a limited participant and he could participate in individual drills like how is that much different than what we've seen him do at metlife before exactly. games or in vegas so I don't like everybody's going to make it. And we might find out that out today because Rogers does what he wants and he's going on McAfee yeah. and he Propaganda can say shit. that. Yeah. Yeah. So he could just say it. And then all of a sudden it's going to be this huge story and it means nothing. I, I don't, I'm not even trying to rain on the guy's parade. It just isn't meaningful. Um, It's not really that newsworthy and I'll write a story about it, but I'll just, it's, and I'll say that, but, but that's just, you know, what it is. And there's a, there's, I mean, I guess there's a chance, you know, he could plant wrong and hurt himself doing that, but it's it's relatively low risk, and I'm sure it's in line with what he's doing. And it's it's not too, uh, again, it is remarkable the progress that he's made. And like we're less than the we're still like two weeks short of three months from when he tore it, and for him to be out there moving like this, for him to be moving the way he was six, it's all all of that's cool and and impressive. No doubt. Uh, and, but, and, but would and, they put him behind this line? We talk so much about this, this all that, yeah. and their issues. That's another consideration. Yeah. We've seen how, you know, for all of the bad things that Zach Wilson put on display, he wasn't getting sacked consistently at the rate that, that Tim Boyle is getting sacked. It's because Zach can move and Tim can't. And, and Aaron Rodgers can't, especially now, won't be able to move anywhere like the way Zach Wilson can move. So he's going to get sacked a ton. And Again, when there's a scenario where he could be a lot closer to what he was in terms of movement in the pocket in next September compared to what he's going to be in December, if his if his rehab has progressed this quickly, this far, like what's to there's no reason to think that Aaron Rodgers can't be back to what he was health wise before the injury at, in next September. But I think anybody, even Rodgers would acknowledge that he wouldn't be back at where he was in September in, in December, on December 24th. So that that's kind of my point is like, what, what, why not just get him back to where he was rather than put this, you know, less, I'm sure significantly less mobile version. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is, but he said he wouldn't be a hundred percent like, in terms of movement, if he if he were able to get back that fast, so yeah, and and he, um, he could understand him coming back. It, so if the playoffs were a, a consideration, yeah. they're, not. they're not, and they're not going to yeah. be a four and ten. Like right now, okay, yes, uh, they are technically still in the playoff race of four and seven. Once they get to nine losses, it's over. Okay, and and they could even be at ten losses before he comes back. Uh, and quite yeah. frankly, 
uh, you know, even at not even at eight losses, they could be out of it. But um, but certainly at nine or ten losses, they are out of it. And uh, but I mean, let's be honest, they're out of it now. But um, in the more immediate. Right. So we talked, we started at the top with some draft stuff, um, just kind of looking at the schedule here. Uh, for this week in terms of how the areas around the area around the Giants and Jets could play out in terms of draft position. I know Jet fans aren't totally there yet. I know there's some delusional Giant fans who wants to, you know, even people who are in the uh, realm of not being fans and who follow the team, if you are on board with this, this playoff pipe dream. Um, the the Giants are six at four and eight. And I don't you know the, the Tampa's not losing this week because they play Carolina and Carolina just fired Frank Reich, and Carolina's awful. Um, so Tampa's at seven. They're not losing this week. The Jets are at eight. Uh, let's say they lose to the Vikings. That puts the Jets at four and eight with a weaker strength of schedule. So you could be looking at Jets six, Giants seven coming out of this weekend. Uh, and then below that, uh, Tampa-ish, or maybe Tampa will fall even further, but the Chargers and the Titans are four and seven. But the strength of schedule is such that even if four and eight for Chargers Titans, it doesn't look like they would pass the Giants. But the Jets could, with a loss, go from eight to six, presuming Tampa wins, uh, with Giants going six to seven, if that makes sense. So uh, there you go. So the Giants will have fallen from second to seventh um, over a three-week span in which they went two and zero. So if you're if you're thinking quarterback. It's certainly the Caleb Williams, Drake May train has left the station probably. And now it's probably, you know, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, um, Michael Penix. We'll see. So, but uh, we'll close it out with, so only one game this week to pick. No giant game. How do you see Falcons, Jets uh, unfolding in that scintillating matchup? Yeah, I see. Uh, I don't see the Jets scoring a lot of points, which is not exactly going on a limb. Um, it's you know with, with the the Falcons getting Bijan rolling last week. I I think you know there's a reason they're they're favorites, even though they've lost you know, four of their last six. So I, I like the Falcons uh, twenty to seven. Uh, you know, I'll give the Jets eleven. I, I think the Jets, you know, maybe mix in a couple field goals there and a missed extra point. So, 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 so two, something like two, that. How many you got? Twenty two zero for the Falcons or twenty two? Okay, let me let me. How many points? You, know, you caught. I don't know why you caught me off guard. I know this is coming at the end of every episode. I just haven't thought about my pick this week. Let, let's just reset that real quick. No one's gonna. Yeah, I think I think twenty to. I don't like eleven. I think twenty to twelve. Two zero to twelve, the final. So yeah. an offensive explosion for the Jets. Um, the Falcons are are thirteenth in PFF's defensive rating, so they 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 have a, a okay enough defense. Um, but as you mentioned, they've been struggling lately overall in terms of uh, hitting the skids a bit. Uh, I'll say Falcons seventeen, Jets three. There you go. That's so the fair. Jets. That's fair. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Everyone, appreciate you listening. Hope everybody have a nice Thanksgiving. Hope everybody uh, got their lights up without falling off the roof and didn't uh, get ripped off on a Christmas tree. Um, so please be sure to rate, review, like, subscribe, all that stuff on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, and you can find us at nj.com slash giants, nj.com slash jets. Appreciate everybody listening as always. And we will be back with you 
next week uh, with the Giants coming off the bye and the Jets coming off what probably will be another loss, and we'll see how ugly it is, and we'll see if there's anything more uh, completely wild like uh, a Hail Mary touchdown or any, any funny commercials that follow it. So, all right, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you soon.